Hello, friends, and welcome to a golf podcast unlike any other. This is Fairway Rollin' on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. Every week on Fairway Rollin', it is myself and our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, talking all things professional golf, amateur golf, amateur betting, professional betting, amateur drinking, professional drinking by birdie buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and the soon-to-be-married Craig Rollback. Craig, this is our last episode before your wedding. Yep. <laughs> Craig's tired. I am so tired. I, I'm moving. I'm getting married. There's a lot going on in my life, but um, yep. the one thing I'm the most focused on is fantasy football here on, on June 30th when we're recording this. Craig is dialed in. in. Yeah. <laughs> Loving this. Yeah, we're recording this June 30th. We're recording ahead of time because, I mean, it's July 4th weekend, but we're week, whatever. But also, again, we're all going to L.A. for Craig's wedding, so we're going to see each other. Um, yeah. Our running bit for like two months has been everything that we can't resolve, like in meetings or stuff. We're like, oh, we'll hash it out at the rehearsal dinner. So excited for that. <laughs> a lot of That you're not invited up. to. Yeah, I was going to say, we're not <laughs> actually going. We're not invited to the rehearsal dinner, but we're still probably going to have like a little bit of a meeting there. So we're going to do a rehearsal pod, though. You guys are invited to, invited <laughs> to that. I also have decided that, you know, at bridal showers, I feel like for the bride, everyone gives the bride wedding advice that's very in like in right now. So I would like everyone listening, if you are married, I would like everyone to email marriage advice for Craig at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We're going to send Or fantasy advice. advice. If you have any fantasy <laughs> advice, let me know. <laughs> Craig, you should share your Venmo info. People might send you wedding gifts. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I hate that. Fine. I hate when people are like... Ringerfantasyfootball like, gmail. Yeah, I hate when random people are just like, like they're, they're like in their Twitter bios, just their Venmo. Come on. I'm tempted, but no. Yeah, <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, it's free money. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, I like money. Try it. I'd like to have I just more. feel bad. That's where you come in. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so again, Craig, Scott, <laughs> a week till the wedding, but that's also means that Craig, you just got a week if you want to change your mind. And that's really what we're doing here today. It's, it's the, cold, right. the players we got cold feet on. Yep. My fiance loves this episode idea <laughs> turning my wedding into content 
<laughs> as we should be. Uh, this boy. is our last and final test to see if Liz listens to this podcast, which I don't <laughs> think she does. I told her about this because she saw it somewhere that we were doing it. And then I was like, no, but babe, don't worry. When I get back, we're doing the honeymoon phase. So this is like, this is a funny joke. And we're doing the honeymoon phase episode, which will come in a couple of weeks. Well, I, the more I've been thinking about this, the She laughed and yeah. laughed. And she, she laughed. So sla- her knees are red from <laughs> slapping. She's like, oh, ha ha. Yeah, you're going to uh, not. But it really, though, like a wedding is kind of like a fantasy draft because I've been thinking about this. I'm like, it feels like the biggest day of your life. Oh, my God. Right. You put way, way more time, <laughs> way more time and money and energy into this thing than you ever thought you would. You know, you, you gather surrounded. all your friends around for it. Everybody's and there's drunk. All these people you care about, a couple people you don't like, but you had to invite anyway. Mm. And then before you know it, you're on the clock and you're like, you got to walk down the aisle. And in that moment, you're either like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get to do this with this person. Or you're like, am I about to, like, hitch my wagon to Michael Pittman? This is the guy. Said, this analogy is really pushing the limits. And then, if you're lucky that night, you consummate your marriage and you and you roster bait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or well, you're just you're too drunk and you have to do it in the morning. The reason you get married is not to roster bait. Well, it depends Although on my team. Sometimes it sometimes it does turn out that way for some marriages. <laughs> the the if you masturbate the night of your wedding, that's that's about as low <laughs> as, as it gets. <laughs> a bad sign. <laughs> anyway, we'll we definitely know if Liz is listening now. Football, yeah. Wow. All right. I don't know how to transition back, but actually, though, you should, like, I think that to stretch the metaphor too much, I think it's just, these are just a bunch of players that even when they fall to, like, where we've ranked them or where they're going, like, by average draft position, I'm like, nah, this isn't the guy. Just I just can't, can't pull this. the trigger on that one. They're not going to get you going. As you know, DK described the it, flowing. they give you the ick. Yeah. This is a one of my favorite slang terms right now. Apparently, the Zoomers just are, the ick is all the rage. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying this tongue in cheek kind of, but like I sent Craig a Instagram thing the other day that was like, my new ick is my boyfriend riding a horse. <laughs> it's this guy who's like, <laughs> he clearly does not know how to ride a horse. It's the most awkward thing ever. And it's like, this makes me think of, for instance, Mark Andrews, who there is my go. first guy that uh, I, he just kind of gives me the ick. And I, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I truly can't get the image of him volleyball setting a touchdown pass into the first row of the stands last year. I can't get this image out of my mind. It went platonic <laughs> for me at that point. I saw him. I, I, I can't do it anymore. I just have no desire to draft him at, at this point. Um, I, I understand and recognize he's a good player. He's probably going to get, you know, a lot of catches. He's probably going to be good in fantasy. But there's a few things working against him. Or one, he's pretty expensive. Like where you're taking him, there's a lot of really, really good players. And you have to expect him to be like one of the foundational players on your team. I'm not 100% sure I trust him to do that, especially with so many question marks going into this next year. We got a new offensive coordinator. We've got for the Ravens. We have a bunch of new pass catchers. You got Rashad Bateman coming back. Odell Beckham is there. Isaiah likely might end up getting more playing time. I don't know how the rotation is going to work out there. I don't really know what this offense is going to look like. So to me, there's just a ton of question marks with Mark Andrews, but not to be rambling, but like going back to the just him volleyball setting a pass out of bounds. I, his <laughs> catching skills is my ick. I just can't get past it. I think that's really important for the ick because the thing about the ick is there's no logic to it. It's just something that's stuck in your brain. And it's like men think what turns off women is one thing. And then what actually turns off women, like what gives like the ick is like 
you know, I saw someone say when he taste tests ice cream at an ice cream shop, but then doesn't know where to put the spoon. (laughs) That's the littlest shit. I I don't know why that stuck with me, but it does. How does any relationship work? That's my question. I saw my boyfriend putting on water shoes at a water park. (laughs) 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 That's that one you could have guessed, I feel like. Yeah. Mark Andrews. I see what you're saying, though, because. I mean, at the end of the day, like Mark Andrews has been incredible in part because they've been running this offense for like five years now and it's a different offense and we're just kind of assuming it'll all be the same even though they've added Odell Beckham and another first-round receiver. Yeah, Mark Andrews is weird because he's been the number two tight end in fantasy for like, God, four or five years now. He's like the Cal Naughton to t- Travis Kelsey's Ricky Bobby. <laughs> he's just like, can I win he won, once? He won it a couple of years ago. I think he was number one a couple of years ago. I think it was the pandemic year. I think he was. Yeah, but that that year didn't happen. So that year, no one really acknowledges that year. But yeah, I don't know. Mark Andrews is like it's like you spend a lot of money on Travis Kelsey, or you save your money and get everybody else. And then Mark Andrews is just right in the middle, where it's like hey, you're going to have to spend like thirty to thirty eight dollars on Mark Andrews. And I'm totally with you, DK. For some reason, he's never called to me. I've never been like I'm getting Mark yep, Andrews this yep. year. What's this defining trait? He's got no edge. So he he's ranked right now. We got him at 29th overall in half PPR. The fantasy pros, their consensus rankings is 25. So we're a little bit below on him. But I don't know. I just to me, it's it, it's. I understand that he's probably going to get a lot of volume. I just still can't pull the trigger, like you said, Craig. It just he's never called to me. I never just want, you know. It, I just can't. I can't. I, do I it. think if like if I'm going to spend money on a tight end, I'm going to get fucking Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. go halfway and stop. I'm just going to full throttle <laughs> it and go get Travis yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to consummate and get Travis Kelsey. Anyone else you can't <laughs> consummate with, Greg? Any other icks? So, my ick is watching Baker Mayfield play football. And so, <laughs> I know everything around Rashad White is kind of exciting, I suppose. I know, DK, you're into him. But there's just something about him that I, I still have, I, I have cold feet with running backs on shit teams. Pretty much just players on bad teams I just don't love. And Baker Mayfield and Kyle That's Trask fair. commanding the Buccaneers offense. I mean, look, man, the Bucs weren't even good with Tom Brady last year. And now we're going to be watching them with Baker Mayfield. And I, I know that Rashad White's like got a lot of upside. He can catch passes. Fournette's gone. All that stuff. But the amount of three and outs this team is about to see is a little too rich for my blood. And I can't really talk myself into him right now. It, it could very well change. Maybe he's a James Conner type. That's like a boring guy who's going to quietly put up 15 a game. But, like, investing my money in Baker Mayfield's running back, I just, I, I don't know if I can do that right now. Could you argue that it's a great investment because they, they're they like, oh, my God, we can't put the ball in Baker's hands. Jesus, give it to anyone else, please. Yeah, maybe. That's fair. I just think there's going to be no, a I lot of, joking. like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think, so, you said I'm kind of into him. I My gut reaction to that was, like, nah, I don't know about that. I mean, I am a little bit higher on him than you guys are. Um, but I'm having, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Craig. I'm having some second thoughts about this. Like, <laughs> I'm literally getting cold. I object. Rashad White. <laughs> like, yeah. He gave three weeks ago in the running backs episode was like, I like Rashad White. And I was like, oh man, I looked at well, this more. <clears throat> I feel like I was more asking questions in that episode. I was like, what do, how do we just feel about Rashad questions. White? Yeah. yeah. I'm just asking questions. I don't love this guy. You saw him put on water shoes you know, at a water park. You're like, Whoa. <laughs> I saw him ride a horse. And it's just so like the over Bucks, for me. Exactly. The Bucks, <laughs> I, I believe the Bucks have the, um, if you just look at uh, over under point totals for each game, uh, obviously Vegas is like, they actually have them out for every week of the season. The Bucks are, by betting markets, implied to have the second fewest points in the league this season. Second to the Cardinals? 
Yeah. And the Cardinals yeah. are kind of actively trying to lose this year. And right. the Bucks are like only projected outscore the Cardinals. So you're, you're kind of like every year in fantasy, you're kind of like, all right, who's going to emerge from this backfield? Who do we want in fantasy from this backfield? And every year there's three teams where it's like, actually, you don't want anyone. Nobody. And I'm kind of <laughs> wondering if the Bucks are going to be that team or one of them. It sucks because, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rashad White, like these were pretty mainstay guys. Um, or not Rashad White, but like Fournette last year, for instance. You know, it's just this team is now becoming like this fantasy no-fly zone or whatever. It's just sad. It sucks. Tom Brady, come back, triangle. please. Well, there's also just in real life, there's a cultural aspect of the Bucks could just implode. This is a team that won a Super Bowl because of Brady showed up, came back, tried to win another one, and then Brady like stayed too long. And now it's like this weird post-Brady thing where it's like, I mean, Mike Evans, Godwin, like when you take a bunch of guys that uh, like a weird amount of these Super Bowl guys are still on this team. Like I know. The Rams, they brought like, they're back, all gone. They, they brought back some guys, too. The defense, it's weird how many like the Rams have basically yeah. Aaron Donald from that defense or like two people from their Super Bowl team. And like, that's it. And Dude, the Rams have like 30 something rookies on their team right now. They have 40 of their 90-man roster are rookies <laughs> for the Rams, and the Bucs have, like, half their Super Bowl starters left. And it's like, when the team sucks, yeah. all those guys are going to freaking mutiny. Stars and scrubs, baby. Um, yeah, it is weird. It's, to me, that says the Buccaneers think they're going to be good, which sometimes that works out. Sometimes it's goes spectacularly terrible. What are they doing at quarterback? What was their plan? I don't understand. Their plan was to convince Tom Brady, football addict, to continue being addicted to football and choose football over his family. <laughs> that was it. It's still the plan, I think. I Do you think, think it's going to work? Want him to come like, back. they couldn't have gotten Gardner Minshew as a backup or anything? No? Did you see Baker Mayfield win that one game last year? Come on. Baker? Yeah. Kyle Trask? We don't talk about that enough. 48 hours got off a plane and the Raiders are like what if we just play the only coverage that he knows that they practiced this week it's like one of the one individual plays I specifically remember from last year you know what I mean like as the year goes on like everything becomes a blur like I still very much remember that play for some reason it was just so wild all right other icks here you know who just just like every time I'm like looking at this guy I'm like it's Michael Pittman receiver for the Colts this was Craig's guy last year yeah, I Such feel like everyone's—he's like a darling. Everyone's into him, and I feel like it's. He, do you remember that scene in, in Ocean's Eleven when George Clooney is trying to get Julia Roberts back, and she's like with Terry Benedict now? Yeah, and he's like, "Does he make you laugh?" And she's like, "He doesn't make me cry." <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like that's like what an like analogy. Mike, yeah, I don't know. Michael Pittman's like Terry Benedict. It's like I don't think he'll make you cry, but like, is he really gonna make you laugh with Anthony Richardson? <laughs> A rookie quarterback under 55% completion at Florida is now going to come in the NFL and be a rookie quarterback. You're like, Michael Pittman, where's he going to take you? This guy's going to make you happy? So you're saying <laughs> that you don't want to settle? No, I want someone like Danny Ocean. I want someone who's like a little dangerous. I want a, I want like, a criminal, yeah. I want somebody who's going to break the rules. Sweep <laughs> me off my feet. He's a liar and a thief. Might, might get he me doesn't sent do that prison. anymore. Yeah. What, steal? No, lie. I don't do that. But... What a good, yeah, great movie. Wasn't Andy oh, Garcia God, like a like a hotel owner? Like, what, he's like squeaky clean, you know? He owned the casino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, he has no, so, yeah. But really, though, it's like Danny Ocean, it's like he's thrilling, he's dangerous, and it's like, you know, but makes you laugh. All the guys behind Michael Pittman, 
get get you going, get the blood flowing. It's like Deontay Johnson. It's like, all right, I'm a little mad at him, but like he's going to score more touchdowns this year and get like 150 targets. George Pickens, is he a top 10 receiver in the NFL? Is this going to be like a year he's elite? I don't know, maybe. Tyler Lockett, literally been better than where he's been drafted for five years in a row. Brandon, I think he's incredible. Jordan Addison, who's like rookie, but like now just behind Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Like Jahan Dotson, who was like outrageous basically at every game he played. I mean, all the guys behind him, like, oh my God, yeah, like those guys could make me laugh. And I'm like, I don't want to sell it from Michael Pittman. All those guys that you mentioned, I think, have high ceilings. Pittman's ceiling seems pretty capped in the the offense that we're expecting them to run. Uh, To borrow a line from Roy Kent, you want to, you want to make, you want to have him make you feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. I'm sorry, I butchered it a little yeah! bit. Yeah! Like, you know that line? Like, you don't want to yes, settle for some lasso. guy that's just like, whatever. You want to get hit by lightning. You want to you want to feel that electricity. So, uh, yeah. Well, Rebecca goes on that day with the guy, and he's like, he fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what, did Pittman have like 99 catches last year? For, and what, did he have like 600 yards? It was like the yeah, weirdest thing ever. Just, the Colts' offense was so, this actually sounds fake now that I said in retrospect, but the Colts were so bad that I mean, the owner literally just fired the coach and then hired a guy off of first take on ESPN to then coach the team, like literally from television. And so, like, I don't know how to compare that, but they're going to throw 100 fewer passes because Anthony Richardson uh, is going to not check the ball down. He's going to be scrambling. He's going to be running more. And so even if he throws the ball more downfield, it's like we're we're depending on rookie Anthony Richardson, who did not even have 400 passes in college, to come in and be like an efficient downfield thrower. It's like... I. I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, you can you can like Anthony Richardson, and like I do, and you can still be pretty skeptical that this is going to be a high-volume passing offense. It's almost surely not going to be. Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing. Maybe Michael Pittman doesn't give me the ick. It's just, he doesn't make me feel anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get hit by lightning. All right, DK, any, 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 more, any more icks? Any more guys just not doing it for you? Yes. So here's another one I wanted to bring up, and... This has been kind of an ongoing thing for me for a couple of years, but I'm still sticking with him here and there for some reason. George Kittle for the 49ers. Wow. He's like the guy that sucked me back in last year because he scored 11 touchdowns out of nowhere. And like all of a sudden he became Brock Purdy's favorite player in the red zone. And he had eight of 11 touchdowns like in the final like four or five games. He just went absolutely nuclear with Brock Purdy under center. The only problem, there's many problems actually. His target share went down. His total targets went down. His receptions went down. His yardage went down. And he has just a 17% target share, which is like really far below any of the other elite tight ends of the position. And it's obvious why he's battling, you know, for for reps with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. This is a run heavy slash balance offense. Just all the pieces are there. Uh, Kittle is a great player. There's no one doubting that. But like in fantasy, if he doesn't get the touchdowns, which we've seen over the over his career, like touchdowns are really finicky. Like it's just sort of like a high variance play in football. Um, if he doesn't get those touchdowns, he's going to be massively disappointing. So, I don't know. I'm just a little bit scared of drafting George Kittle anywhere at this point. I feel weird about every single 49er. They all are the same type of player to me. They're all, like, incredibly talented, freak athletes, super high upside physically, but the offense doesn't really allow them to shine because there's kind of so many pieces involved. None of them get that many touches. Anyone could explode at any game, but you never know who it's going to be. They're a very frustrating team. No, it's so true, though. The reason the 49ers are a real, like a good real-life team and the reason that Kyle Shanahan's a good real-life play caller is that Kyle Shanahan studied defensive coaching. And Kyle Shanahan walks in every week and looks at the opposing defensive coordinator system and has a better understanding of how the defense's rules work and how their coverages work. And he, you know, so every coach can kind of tell you that the next day. 
Kyle Shanahan's one of the coaches that can actually, in the moment, in the tw- 10 seconds he has to call a play, understand an adjustment the defense made and then where the weakness is, like in real time. So like you don't know who's going to work on a week-to-week thing for the 49ers because the reason Kyle Shanahan's good is he's figuring out in real time who's going to be open based on what the defense is doing. So it's just like they'll always be tough on the week-to-week. They'll always be boom-bust players, except for McCaffrey, who will probably just always get the ball unless he's hurt. And that's a different no, conversation. No, because Elijah like, Mitchell is going to be heavily involved too. So we're all screwed. <laughs> um, shout, shouts to uh, Kevin Clark and Slow Newsday, by the way. Kittle was on uh, his show a week or two ago and, and was talking about how the, the 49ers will even do this thing. This is not fantasy related necessarily, but I just thought it was pretty fascinating. I know a lot of teams do this, but they literally will run just dummy plays where they just do something really basic and see how the defense is reacting to that. And then they build like these little, you know, constituent or, or like, you know, replies off of that, like plays that like if if the defensive back like took one step this way or whatever, they're like build in like counters to everything that they do and everything they see. It's so fascinating. And, and this is why like play calling is so hard. Not everybody can do it. It's not like because, you know, like teams will will sign a, a guy that came up in a certain system and expect them to like have the genius to run this system. And it's why like a lot of guys fail where you got like Sean McVay, who's a genius or whoever, uh, Kyle Shannon, who's a genius. It's being able to do that on the fly in the game as like you're reacting to the way defenses are, are playing, I think is so fascinating. So anyway, that's an aside, but shouts to Kittle for uh, explaining that on, on Slow News Day. There's play caller. There's guys like Shannon can do it at the moment. There's coaches that can explain it after the game. There's coaches that can do it the next day. And then there's um, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge who installed <laughs> in a zone option last year that they had actually never run in their life before. They're asking the players, how do we do this? Ask literally players being like, this won't work. And they're like, we'll figure it out. No time like the present. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth Now your kitchen's up in smoke And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage The cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right, Craig, who's who's giving you the uh, cold feet? I'm getting cold feet on Najee Harris. I'm not going to lie. I know I hyped him up maybe a week or two ago. But I was just thinking about him more and and reading about him and thinking about the Steelers and Jalen Warren, (laughs) the backup running back. you, You sound like you're on his, like, you're like you're on his socials. You're like, I, I've been reminiscing about him. I've been looking <laughs> at his pictures on Facebook. So I put together a little set of questions here, perhaps a poem called, Is He Good or... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I'm going to read it to you about Najee okay. Harris. Is he good or is he just cool? Is, is he good or did he just get drafted in the first round? Is he good or did he just go to Alabama? Is he good or does he just have a cool name? Is he good or does he just have no competition the first two years of his career? Is the O-line actually better? Is Kenny Pickett actually the answer? Is Matt Canada actually a good offensive coordinator? Is Najee Harris just David Montgomery? That's my poem. (laughs) All these questions are rhetorical. You don't actually have to answer. Like, Jalen Warren might just be just as good. You know? Or better. And he was undrafted, so nobody cares. But the Steelers might. (laughs) And we don't because we're fantasy drafters and we are anchored to cool Najee Harris 
from Oakland. So cool. Awesome name. Alabama. He's big. He like stiff arms people. When in reality, he's never averaged more than 3.9 yards of carry in the NFL. Does it matter to you that he was injured last year? Look, it does because that was my whole pitch two weeks ago. I was like, he was hurt. You have to throw it out. <laughs> but the numbers actually aren't that different from year one. The more I looked into it. I mean, I don't think he's actually that good. I, I would be drafting him more for it his likely heavy workload than I would be because I think Najee Harris is like an elite running back talent. I think we kind of have to let that idea fade away because he's not he's not a top five or probably even 10 running back talent-wise, in my opinion. You know, in the movie The Departed, when Matt Damon's like talking to his girlfriend and he and he's like, you know, I'm Irish. I'll stay in this forever. Like, you got to yeah. tell me. <laughs> like, this is, this is the, the Steelers with like, everything their coaches their <laughs> running backs in particular like you know they they're just so willing to take the ups and downs they're D- irish dick lebeau with- <laughs> dick lebeau's the defensive coordinator at 87 years old <laughs> the yeah. steelers have literally had three head coaches since richard nixon was president look if we're not gonna make it it's gotta be you that gets out because i'm not capable i'm fucking irish i'll deal with something being wrong for the rest of my life yeah <laughs> So I, I kind of feel like that's how they are with their running backs, especially the one that they took in the first round. Like I, it like almost doesn't matter how bad it gets. You know what I mean? Like um, if we're doing, you know, relationship themes for this, I think it, like they're just an abusive really bad. marriage that won't break up. <laughs> Najee Harris and the Steelers. I don't know. I'm in this forever. Yeah. I'm just like, is he good or does he just have a lot of cool little things going on around him? Okay. He's, I'm, he's I'm glad you asked this, Craig. I, I have... I, I think that Najee's in the middle. I think that Najee is not an explosive player, but it is it is a player that will just get a lot, and that, that's always kind of been the thing. But he had a foot injury last year, and so couldn't get a lot, and now it's kind of going into this year. Yep. Again, to Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard broke his leg, says he's faster now. Part of me is like, if Najee Harris, you know, maybe broken foot, like, that'll help him. He'll be faster now. That's, that's the word. However, <laughs> that's what you're, I, okay. that's what I'm just saying, about. if Tony Pollard's like, I broke my leg and I'm faster now, Unless we're saying Tony Pollard's a liar, I think he's onto something. That's all. So you think broken foots are now positives? I'm saying we should, <laughs> we should maybe we should be open to it. The cla- this is the know. classic fantasy analyst trap. Just asking, this is like no, first take fantasy feet edition. Are good. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm just I saying. Broke, are I broke you my foot Tony in college and I feel great now. So are, I like are Tony you, Pollard. Are you doubting year. Tony Pollard saying I feel faster now? Are you doubting his lived experience? That's his truth. I trust Tony Pollard. Carry on. Anyway, I have the same questions. Everything you just asked about Najee Harris, but a different player. Okay. okay. I figured out everything about this person. I figured it out. <laughs> okay. I have issues with DeAndre Swift, the running back mm. who's now on the Eagles. <laughs> and I figured it out. I am Jay, and this is the end. And DeAndre Swift Jay is Jay Hill. Okay. I am Jay Baruchel, and DeAndre Swift's Jonah Hill. And I'm like, I hate this guy. And everyone's like, dude, give him a chance. He's like the nicest guy in the world. How could you hate DeAndre Swift? And I'm like, the sickest he's references. An, yeah, yeah, he's an, dude, his references are sad. I'm like, his, he's an injury prone running back who's now going to be a receiving back on a team that doesn't check down with like his coaches think he's undisciplined between the tackles. And everyone's like, dude, give him a chance. I'm like, he just has a cool name. Like, what if DeAndre Swift was named James Robinson, would people have given a shit that he was traded to the Eagles? He's not that compelling. His coaches in Detroit like hated him so much they just traded him. Like that's a red flag to me. I, I but I I feel like Jay and everyone's like, dude, come on, 
Jonah Hill, nicest guy in the world. And I'm like, dude, and I'm, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem, though. Maybe I'm like the J of fantasy football. I just hate LA. And I'm like, I, I'm the asshole. I should just leave. I don't know. Do you like the movie Forrest Gump? God, no. It's a horrific piece of shit. <laughs> Eagles running backs, just like a box of chocolates. So you don't find the power of DeAndre Swift does not compel you? No, I don't find him very compelling. Shout to Craig who just did right. this on, on the rewatchables. Man, this makes me want to watch this movie again. It's on Netflix. Which I think, yeah. Yeah, I, look, you're right about all, everything, Hyph. It's, it's his name. It's the fact that he's like cool, explosive play guy. Since he came out of Georgia, I think everybody has been like wanting this guy to be a thing that he's never been. It's because he dropped that touchdown pass like in his first game. And yeah. You guys remember this? 2019 yes. yeah. or 2020 or whatever year it was. One of your best takes ever. Is Hit him right in the chest. career is hinged. <laughs> yeah. On, on him like, dropping That changed the whole world. That Like the sliding mirrors thing. It's sliding doors? Sliding doors. Sliding doors. Which I got to tell you, I've never understood that phrase. Bill uses it a thousand times. I don't understand what sliding doors it's a, means. It's a movie reference, isn't it? I think there's a specific movie reference. Oh, I, I remember. I, I want to say Bill explained it recently on a pod or some sometime in the last like year. The sliding doors is like a reference to some movie. We should figure that out before the end. Of the show. Is it like a subway closes sliding door? Because like sliding door, it's still the same door if you open the door again. That's what I never understood. I think it's, it's Google doors it. sliding past one another in opposite directions. But that's what I don't get. What context is that? The term a sliding doors moment became a term popularized in the late 20th century, meaning seemingly inconsequential moments that nonetheless alter the trajectory of future events. Yeah, but like, was like, what is a sliding door? I thought it was a reference to a movie. But Is it bad that like I've worked for Bill Simmons for six years and I don't still don't know what that phrase right. actually literally means? I don't know what I'm supposed to picture. because it's. Like, I mean, oh, I worked for closed. Bill Simmons. Again. I worked for Bill Simmons and I don't know anything about the NBA. So what's worse? That's true. <laughs> well, you were robbed of a, all a I know. Is, teams, I know. I, I have good reason to not watch the NBA because my team was stolen, and therefore I stopped caring. But yeah, uh, yeah, Swift. I, I, honestly, like the only thing that's interesting to me about Swift is he went to a team that has like an insanely good run t- run game. I get that. I, I think honestly, what I what I would like to be true is I think that Rashad Penny is such in a better position to play for this team. Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, I swear to God, left 400 yards on the field last year, like not going up the field. Rashad Petty, in theory, is like such a better player for this team. And I want that to be true. The problem is Rashad Penny had a terrible injury last year. He like broke his leg and had a high ankle sprain. And it's like, he might even start the year in injured reserve. So there's a world where DeAndre Swift is just the lead running back and is great and gets all these touches for the Eagles and is better than Miles Sanders. And I'm an idiot. And actually DeAndre Swift should be going 30 spots higher. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, he, I, I, DeAndre Swift is going to be this year's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's going to have like 140 yards in week one and two touchdowns. And it, our number one advice is going to be sell while you can. Sell, sell, sell. I guarantee you that's going to happen. Rashad Penny's going to be out for a few weeks. DeAndre Swift's going to go nuts. And we're going to say sell him before Penny comes back and before Swift tweaks his ankle like he does every year. <laughs> I was like, By the way, honestly, I looked it up. Craig, sliding doors moment is referencing the 1998 Gwyneth Paltrow film Sliding Doors in which a woman lives two alternate lives after missing a train. So yeah, slide, the doors Whoa. are sliding shut. So, But this is this is DeAndre Swift. He admit, he dropped the touchdown pass that would have won a game. I believe it was his first or second game. It was like really early in his career. And then basically his coaches got the ick from him 
at that point, and that was it. Like they, yeah. it went platonic, and they traded him several seasons <laughs> later instead of turning into a superstar. Anyone else you guys get the ick from DK? Anyone else you get cold feet? Yeah, I got one. I don't know how strongly I feel about this, um, but I am dubious about my love for Travis Etienne. I'm getting cold feet about Travis mm. Etienne for the Jags. I'm conflicted because I do think he's a good runner. Like he's very explosive. He creates explosive plays. Um, you know, he breaks a lot of tackles, at least in the sense that he makes guys miss. I don't think he's like a big like contact break tackle breaker type guy, but he he's so fast and explosive he makes guys miss. Um but if there's an ick for me, it's the way he catches the football. This is exactly the same with like Mark Andrews. <laughs> he like claps at it. He tries to clap at the football. Gator jump. <laughs> um no one taught about a catch. Maybe he improves on that this year, but I'm just a little worried about the way that they're going to utilize him this year because last year it was like he was just a huge amount of volume. Um, but they re-signed uh, Michael Hasty ostensibly because they like him in the passing game. They drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round. You know, they have Snoop Connor from last year. He's still around. I'm starting to realize as I was putting together this Travis Etienne's like, information that this is the way other people see Kenneth Walker. Am I just blind about Kenneth Walker? Because they have like the exact same profile, like explosive, really talented, highly drafted guys that got volume, but maybe suck as pass catchers and might be getting replaced by their own <laughs> yeah, coaches. We like, need a word for a guy that <laughs> sounds like, oh, he could catch 80 balls. And you're like, no, no, I can fix him. I can fix. Yeah, it's, I can fix him. DK, you're crushing it with the X. You're really like, you're crushing, you're so right that it's like you saw a couple plays. I can I just read can't you guys get over it. You know? Wait, I found a list of women just um talking about things men did that give them X. Cause you're can I give can I read you <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of these? Because yeah. you're I crushing it with it. When a guy gets a haircut and he's wearing that little cape. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> uh, when you knock on the bathroom and he's like, someone's in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he's mad like angry but he's wearing flip-flops <laughs> it's, it's all like emasculating things yes <laughs> crank the like, horse just, riding the horse and you're like can you imagine having to explain to travis etn like hey yeah you know that you just catch the here. ball like it's kind of like vertical it's like you know you're supposed to put the hands together like you could never say that to them but it's keep true. going it's in your keep, read some more these are funny uh when he asks his mom to put sunscreen on his back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that one's really no, specific. It's like not, it's not necessarily emasculating. It's like infantilizing. Yeah. Infantilizing a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Craig. Got me. When um, it's windy yeah. and he can't handle all the napkins flying away. <laughs> wow. Uh, Attraction is a weird, a weird science, guys. When the roller coaster guy has to tighten his seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> so women just don't want to be with little boys it's, yeah it's, it's like codependence is unattractive <laughs> yes. I want him to know how to do the seatbelt email uh, us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you got more icks uh, shout really out Jared funny. Freed who's the man uh, does a lot of stuff with icks well speaking of icks a fantasy ick which maybe this is messed up to say but like I mean guys who just are injured and are coming <laughs> off like these like really <laughs> I guess it's kind of messed Ew. up. But. And yeah, you know, you don't want your man to get <laughs> no, in. The, the little, the little re like red cross next to a player yes. that gives you an ick. I'm like, Ugh, it does. Just don't want that shit. Yeah. When but your like, man just, twists his ankle, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, <laughs> broken bones. Yeah, come on. 
you like trips on like not even like a, a drop in the curb, but the curb got like a little like part of it was a little higher than the other because it's like a tree root underneath. And you're like, you tripped over that. No, but it's true. Like every time I look at Javante Williams and there's just this red cross and I'm just like, I, I mean, it's tough. He's such a fun player and he's healthy, but it's like these multi-ligament mm-hmm. knee injuries. Like it's he, Javante with ACL, his tor- Javante tore his LCL, ACL, and, and I don't know what this is, but a posterior lateral corner. I don't even know what that is. Damn, my, my dude mm. selected D all of the above on his knee right there. That's crazy. <laughs> but like, I just, I'm, there's no upside because it's like the entire point of upside with running backs is they have to get the ball a lot, but it's kind of, it's absolutely reckless to give a guy coming off this injury with a lot of touches. Like they're literally getting load managed. So there's no upside because they're not going to get a ton of work. But then there's all this downside because these guys are always starting the year late. Even when they come back, it's like these guys, the, the first year back from the injury, they're not trusting their bodies. They need time to trust their knee. Like, you know, guys talk about mm-hmm. this over and over again. That happened to Chris Godwin, happened to Saquon Barkley. And then there's also huge risk when they come back for like compensatory injuries elsewhere, other leg or like quads, hamstrings, soft tissue injuries. Freaking J.K. Dobbins came back and immediately got hurt again. That happened to Dalvin Cook when he tore his ACL next year, had all these hamstring issues. Like, there's just like all these things that can go wrong. It's like you want a player that has a bunch of different paths to being successful. And all these injured guys, like, it sounds cruel to say, but it's like, there's just all different ways that it can go poorly. Yeah, I feel the same it's way also, about J.K. Dobbins, to be honest. I mean, I know this is the year after, the year after he got hurt, but I just don't really know what there is to get me going with J.K. I know he averages, like, six yards a carry, and that's cool, but why is this guy 20 spots ahead of Isaiah Pacheco in our rankings? What is the difference between him and Isaiah Pacheco? Go ahead. The draft capital. <laughs> Yeah. Arguably does not matter at all. J.K. Dobbins has played 23 games in three years. He averaged one target per game last year. Gus Edwards is still there. He's holding out. And his knee's always messed up. He had one of the most gruesome ACL injuries two years ago. And I'm just like, I don't know. We don't even know what this offense is. There's a bunch of weapons now alongside uh, him on the receiving core. And I'm like, this guy is always hurt. He doesn't catch passes. Well, can I just take Isaiah Pacheco two rounds later and call it a day? Dobbins is holding out right now. I kind of heard yeah. whispers of this, but read the room. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, spoiler alert. They're not going to give you a fucking extension. Yeah. Right. It's just a tough time read for running the backs. Room. Uh, they are, we are getting reports out of Ravens camp that they're incorporating the running backs into the passing game, which I'm sure will we'll definitely Well, they have in. to because they literally weren't incorporated before. So any true, usage true. of them in any modern sense would be more... Yeah, you can be like, J.K. Dobbins is going to double his targets this year. And you're like, oh, so two, two a game. Great. <laughs> Actually, zero is zero, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we got these guys. We have Javante at, and we're going we're, we're gonna to still update these a lot of times over the course of July and August. But Javante right yeah. now, we have 78th, Swift is 76th. And I'm honestly, I still give me the ick there. And then we have Dobbins all the way up. Top 40. Dobbins is at like, 40. I'm like, what? Isaiah Pacheco uh, is the same player. That's too high. You're right. Yeah. He gives me the ick. I'm just like, nah. There's some <laughs> players that you kind of divvy up like, all right, like here is mathematically where it says that they should go based. I'm like, yeah, but like, nah. Yeah. He'll never be on my team, J.K. Dobbins. I don't know why, but he's not. <laughs> I just, he's got that little cape on for the haircut. And I'm like, look. <laughs> I got the ick when he started talking about how doctors don't know anything about his knee. <laughs> that's yeah that's actually i watched the thing on youtube so uh <laughs> like don't nah. worry about it <laughs> so that's a lot of time in the comment sections on <laughs> this website um Heifetz, you mentioned Devante uh javante williams I, i'm gonna bring up another 
Bronco, which I think also in the Javante Williams discussion, it's like new coach, new system. Like who's who are the coaches actually going to like and rely on and trust and use? Like there's so many question marks. And I, I think the same thing can be applied to Cortland Sutton. It just feels to me like we're holding on to the good times with Sutton, even though we <laughs> haven't had any good times in years. You know what I mean? Like rose colored um, lenses. <laughs> this is the departed thing. Like I'll stay in this thing forever. Um, <laughs> the, so first, some context on on kind of like what Sutton can bring you. The wide receiver twenty four. So last year's wide receiver two group. The first, you know, the first twenty four wide receivers. The last guy in that group was Brandon Ayuk in half PPR. He scored 11.1 points per game. Uh, Cortland Sutton has scored 11.1 points or more in six out of his last 33 games. That he's played or that the team has played? That he's played. Wait, I need you to say that again. He's scored more than 11 points in six out of 33 games, the last 33 games. That's a disaster. It is a disaster. And it's like, we. I think we think he's good, which, again, we don't know for sure if that's even the case, but it doesn't matter because Tim Patrick is there, and we think he is good. Jerry Judy is there. They just drafted Marvin Mims. Like, Greg Dulcich is getting some hype. Freaking KJ Hamler is still there, (laughs) crying out loud. Do you have a single friend where you're like, they're doing all right? What? And your friend's like, I'm worried about them. And you're like, why? He's like, he's doing all right. Dude, he hasn't hooked up with the girl in five years. (laughs) Six out of his last 33 months. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's just like, we're, we're definitely... I don't know. We're riding on like how good he was as a rookie. And, and since then, he's been extremely unreliable. Um, and he might not even like get that many looks this year. It seems like they were trying to trade him over the offseason. Like he could just end up down the pecking or kind of like a Corey Davis situation where it's just like, yeah, you sort of just forget he's on the team. I think I just have the ick for the entire Broncos team. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. being on the Broncos gives, gives me the ick. It's just like the whole Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, the second Russell Wilson took off that Seahawks helmet, I was like, I don't know. Did you guys see him doing the slides? Oh, no, it's he's the like, subway. Out, it's the, it's the Broncos country, let's ride. Gives me the ick. Yeah. But now just seeing the Broncos logo gives me the ick. You know, it's like, when, it's like if your friend is dating somebody and you like, you like them, you think you're, they're fine, but then they break up and then you like run into them again and you're like, I don't think I like this person. I think they were just dating my friend. That's how I feel about Russell Wilson on the Broncos now. I'm just like, I don't ever <laughs> well, you think I like don't him. talk about enough. We don't talk enough about how Ciara went from future to Russell Wilson. And like the how those people are like kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? <laughs> the future and Russell Wilson talking. What would they talk about? I uh, Sierra, 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 not Sierra, right? Sierra. I think you know, she had her fun in her heyday. She wanted to settle down with a a, a family man. You know, have some kids. Terry Benedict. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. doesn't make me cry. Doesn't, doesn't make me cry. Yeah. Doesn't make me cry. They wanted a, a simple life. White picket fence, 23 bathrooms, you know, the American <laughs> dream. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, central to all this, by the way, with, with Javante and Corden Sutton and basically everybody on the Broncos, is like, Russ might actually be cooked. Like, he might be done. He might just be terrible now. I, I went out and I went to Broncos training camp last year and I interviewed Russell Wilson. I got sucked into the hype and I, I really want to go back next year or this year and just talk to him again and not talk at all about football and just talk the entire time about the house. <laughs> just I, like whiffing, not being able to ask him about the house. He bought the most expensive house in the state, I think. It's like... <laughs> that's why I'm wondering if I, I think the bedroom thing, it has to be for like tax purposes or so. There has to be something where it's like... Mm. It's like know, legally an f- office or something so they can like write it off. 
This one doesn't he have three a kids. He made $20 million for a fucking house that doesn't have a guest room. That That's means he's insane. got no friends. <laughs> a, he has a sister. Anyway. <laughs> That's all for Ix. I kind of feel bad about this episode a little bit, but it's just how I feel. That's the thing. You don't have, it's not about rational. It's just, it's, we're, right. it's about the human animal, man. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, they're not giving off any pheromones, these guys, right now. Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, speaking of uh, the human animal, wow, we got some insights. Uh, We asked on our last show we asked people to email in things about dumb tattoos like dumb tattoo stories or dumb yes. t- reasons you get a tattoo holy shit <laughs> everyone we have some classics oh, unbelievable i want to start by saying all of these are verified it is incredible everyone sent in photos <laughs> with these things including yeah. one of them sent in a sentence like got it on my butt parentheses don't worry not that much ass in this photo it's at the top of the cheek mm. i appreciate that disclaimer um so we should make like an Instagram and just have people send us pictures of their hilarious dumb tattoos. And that thing would blow up. Do people I, want this? By the way, though, we, I don't know. The, the I was going to say, I feel like I can't just like, hey, we're going to talk about this. And then I just post all these photos of people's like ass tattoos. When, when we were having this discussion, by the way, I immediately thought of my buddy Josh, who has a, a tattoo that we lovingly called Heartman. Um, but I didn't, re- I couldn't remember like the background story of it um, quite clearly and so i didn't mention it but then he texted me like the other like right after the pod came out and it like gave me the background so basically I'll, this is the first one i want to bring up Heartman. he he and my other buddy used to like do this game where like you draw a dick and balls and then you try and turn the dick and balls into something like better so like you hand the paper back and forth to each other and it like the picture becomes something more men are the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that is like the ultimate example of something women would never do in 10,000 years. Never in a million never. years. They would never do that. <laughs> that is very anyway, Jonah Hill. Like, dude, I just, she found my lunchbox dick treasure trove. It's very similar to that, in fact. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> one, of, one of these drawings turned into uh, what now looks like a heart with two weird looking legs. And we call this heart man. And Josh, my buddy, even does like a, a whole heart man voice where he's like, ha like, I don't know exactly what he does, but um, along those lines. Anyway, they had this up on the refrigerator for like four years. And our other buddy was like getting into tattooing. And so like he was looking for people to practice on essentially. And Josh was like, fuck it. Let's do Heartman. So he has a he has a, a tattoo of Heartman on his quad, on his thigh. Which was originally Dick and Balls, which someone turned into a heart dance. Yeah. And then they like turned it upside down and then it turned into Heartman. Um, that's two little arms. It's very cute. So it's Heartman. <laughs> In this vein, so to speak. Uh, I'm just, can I just read all these? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm going to spare you trying to describe all these tattoos, and I'm just going to like run through all these stories, and you guys stop yeah, whatever yeah. you want, because they're incredible. Go. From Nate. Nate. I was, Nate. I was renting a house and living with a random person in 2018 in Seattle, and the city of Seattle... Well, sorry. I, 
text. Just, I don't know. Nate might have been drunk. Whatever. Renting a house to live with a random person in 2018 in Seattle. Accidentally, the house burned down. And no, my no, no. roommates at the time and I got matching tattoos of flames with the address of the house. <laughs> I think, Typhus, where you were confused is, this is my buddy Nate. He, the city of Seattle burnt oh, down his house. This is your friend? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean the city of Seattle burnt the down his house? The city burnt down his house. Hold on. Let me, let me pull up the story. because I, I asked for a follow-up on this. And he says, basically, so the city of Seattle turned off the power to do work on the power lines in the area. When they turned it on, they didn't check to see which houses took the old versus the new style of electrical current. <laughs> and his house was the only one on the block that had the old style. I don't exactly... I'm not Did he sue the city? Like, what happened there? Well, it wasn't. Yeah, they just got tattoos and never followed up. Like, <laughs> so him, him, and, him and this random roommate of of his at the time both got like these like fire tattoos like on their sides. <laughs> and it says, it's not like, even that like hidden. Like hers is just on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's so good. Can you follow up and see what happened there? All right. Other ones. I got email from Titus. Titus. Me and Titus. me and six friends all tried tattooing a birthday cake and our initials on my shin for my birthday. Ow. Four of us do not tattoo. The other <laughs> two are tattoo artists, but we had them use their opposite hands. Okay, so the goal here was just pure chaos. Yes. <laughs> that was the goal. So he has six rough drafts of birthday cakes and his initials just on his shin. I love people who just treat their body like an open canvas. That is awesome. <laughs> I know. Uh, got email from Sean. In college, I thought it'd be a good idea Sean. to bet my friend that Conor McGregor would beat Floyd Mayweather in the infamous boxing match. Because I was an idiot, I now have a sheep filled in with the Irish flag on my ass. That's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, man. That was such a bad my, fight. I remember that. That fight? Yeah, that was stunk. I, <laughs> every Floyd Cash Mayweather grab. fight is the same. Which is they go to him <laughs> in the um, every Floyd Mayweather site, they go to him in the like the area before the the fight, and every other boxer's like, "I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win." And Floyd Mayweather's just getting live updates on how pay per view's been sold. He's like, "We did it, man, we did it, hundred million, we did it." Yeah. <laughs> like, just right, keep dodging cool. punches, Floyd. You'll get your hundred million. Uh, from look, Andrew, look, he wins, man. Andrew says, when I was 19, I got a stick and poke tattoo of the Blair Witch logo done on my ass because I had recently watched the pilot for Jackass and they were roasting Ryan Dunn for his tattoos right before he jumped into a river of raw sewage. My God. <laughs> the Blair Witch logo? I'm Googling this now. What is the Blair Witch logo? Oh, I also it's don't like a know. little stick. Okay. It's like a little uh, stick, man. It looks oh, like a true yeah. detective Carcosa. I know. I was going to say, you're in Carcosa. It looks like a pagan logo. That's tough. <laughs> Pagans get a bad rap. Okay. <laughs> uh, Let's on delve that. in there. I don't yeah. know. I, honestly, I don't know. I just kind of threw it out there. Uh, this is from, from Justin Sales, an editor at The Ringer. Who's yeah. Uh, Who is by I, far the most tatted up Ringer employee. Not say. even close. Yeah. I asked him to pick the, my best and, or his best and my favorite story, which is, and I asked him for the background on it. And he says, did, he tell, did, I, you tell, did he tell you that you could say this on the podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. This is cool. his description to me. No, I didn't just text him and then like say it. <laughs> he says, one night I was out partying pretty hard with one of my tattoo artists. We were really fucked up. And he said he wanted to do a tattoo. And I said, okay. well, I guess if I get one, I want either Larry David or something from this cartoon about Doc Ellis. 
Just so you know, Doc Ellis was this pitcher uh, in the 70s who was on his day off and he dropped acid. And then the manager was like, you have to pitch. And Doc Ellis ended up throwing a <laughs> no-hitter on acid. <laughs> That's amazing. So Justin's like, yeah. give me Larry David or Doc Ellis. My friend really jumped at the Doc Ellis thing and put it on me. He said, do you want to see this sketch? It's kind of big. And Justin's like, no, I trust you. Go for it. Anyway, sends him the picture. This thing is the size of his entire calf. And he's like, Justin's like, yeah, it's my entire calf. And also, I am sober now. <laughs> he's like, I haven't, drank, I haven't drank after that day. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Doc Ellis. I literally never understood the impulse of like, because I feel like people either like it are afraid of tattoos or don't want something for either that long or don't like needles. And if people have tattoos, it's either something you like think about and it's like, really meaningful and you think about it for a long time and you care about the art or whatever. And then some, I never understood the impulsive tattoo thing. And Justin's like, oh, it's easy. I just had $90 and nobody would stop me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Well, and I feel like it's a snowball effect. I feel like once you get one oh, or yeah. two, it kind of just continues and you don't want to stop. And you're like, screw it. I already have two randos. Might as well get 20. We got an email from, I'm sorry, I don't have your name, but I remember the story. And someone was like, yeah, I was at a tattoo convention because I love tattoos. And there was, I just wanted like, I had FOMO because everyone was getting them. So I got like slimy from Ghostbusters. But like, I don't really like Ghostbusters. So now I have to pretend I fucking like Ghostbusters or else I seem like an idiot for getting a Ghostbusters <laughs> tattoo. It's actually funnier if you don't like Ghostbusters. Yeah. You have Slimer on your, on your body. We got an email from Alec. Alec. <laughs> Alec. <laughs> I got the Joker tattooed on my arm and it was seriously infected. And he said oh, a no. picture just in case we, he says, just thought you'd love the disgusting skin. <laughs> and he says the pain from healing was awful, but it was pretty ironic that of all my tattoos, the one of the Joker was the one that got the scars. <laughs> so once it, once the scars fully healed, me and my tattoo artist decided to leave the scar tissue. So the Joker actually had scars on his face. Oh my God. Wow. It got infected around the mouth. That's pretty it cool. Actually. It's crazy. He sent the pictures like before and after. It looks like it's somehow like crazier and better. Wow. Sometimes sometimes things just click. <laughs> just clicks. Wow. Oh my God. That's good. All right. Well. Hard, I, I realize now it's hard to like describe tattoos on a podcast. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. it was a very fun exercise. And thank you for everyone sending pics. All right. Well, what a wonderful set off, send off. Um, Liz, Craig's soon-to-be wife, if this was the first episode you ever listened to, um, I'm sorry. And I hope it's the last. Just kind of... <laughs> Definitely the last. Yeah. There's no way... She, the week of our wedding, there's just no way in hell she's, like, throwing this on. <laughs> I gotta throw in a pot. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? She's, like, like her, right. her, like, hair person's, like, doing her hair at the wedding. She's like, hold on. <laughs> Cold feet episode just dropped. <laughs> Ringer fantasy show. <laughs> Her and the bridesmaids just crushing our pod. 2X. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I mean, anything you want, tattoo stories, all this stuff. But I really want Craig to get some wedding advice. Mm. And, you know, wherever wherever that takes you. Uh, anything else? Yeah, emails, obviously, about fantasy football, too. And questions. But mostly, yeah. We'll, Craig will, Craig's going to go on a sunny moon. DKNL will we'll just give, like, a pretty unfiltered review of Craig's wedding. Yeah, I'll be back July 17th. So, good and luck we'll with that, boys. Yeah, yeah, have fun, man. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you, producer <laughs> Jesse, who also just got married. And that is a whole other story that I don't want to Congrats. Read for, but Congrats to producer Jesse. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Kai bailed on us. Screw you, Kai, Kai. bailed. Jesse, can I admit <laughs> that you don't remember your own wedding? Is that okay? Or do we have to cut? I mean, you're the producer. You can cut it if you don't want. I mean, okay. he just did. I think it's fine. <laughs> he remembers Everyone who part was there knows I don't remember. The part of it. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting married. <laughs> I remember saying I do. After that, it, it becomes a blur, and then it's just... It's just, just I do to about 15 that. shots, and then... <laughs> no, I think said I don't to 15 shots, but it still got dragged yeah. down my throat. So it was the early lesson right. of marriage, I guess, right? I love that you black back in, and your brother-in-law's like mopping, and you're like, what's going on? Yeah, it's the last thing I remember from my wedding is my now brother-in-law mopping the floor. <laughs> I think it's with you. Last yeah. thing right, you know, it was a good wedding. Thank you, Lauren! Lauren. Thank you, Beastie Boys. Mm. You listen to them a lot? I feel like you're a Beastie Boys guy. You were growing up. Oh, you know what gave me the ick, though, with the Beastie Boys was Kendall Roy in the first scene of Succession, though. That, like, now I feel like when I listen to them, I I feel like him. He was the, they were the perfect band to make Kendall Roy listen to. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) They, they, it was, like, too good. And then didn't he listen to, like, Jay-Z, The Takeover? In like the the new season, and I'm like, oh, is this white, what white people just like, feel like when they the, listen to Jay Z? <laughs> the white guy rap, white guy rap, like never misses. Like just making a white guy listen to rap on TV is just always hits. That's you. Did you ever ever watch the show Patriot? By the way, I think it was Amazon. I can't remember, but it was no. really good. It was like about it was like sort of like a dark comedy about like a CIA hitman guy. Anyways, they, their theme song in the second season was. PC Boys, sure shot. And it's like a playoff of something that happened in the show. Um, but that that saves the Kendall Roy situation. It's when really I was cool. like 10, I used to love Brass Monkey. I was like, <laughs> yeah, we all songs. did. <laughs> Isn't it weird to think that like you're a musician and you're making this music that's about like the love of your life leaving or, you know, I mean, like these critical things that have happened to you, like the inflection points of your entire existence, your deepest fears. And you're like, Dude, eleven year olds rock to this Lincoln Park shit, man. You know what I mean? Isn't that like weird? <laughs> You're talking about numb? Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about numb. <laughs> talking about like ten year old Danny rocking to under the bridge, and then I learned last year that it's about like I want to stop doing heroin. Right, dude. Right. My my biggest Lincoln Park memory is that it was the closing song for Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is why artists are like. Rem- reticent to like let you know their songs be used in movies and chips because then it's like you just associate it with that you don't even like like the band anymore after that yeah but they probably have like a beach house because of that so it's fine <laughs> it was gonna got say. me a new kitchen <laughs> yeah what's the best example of a song that like a band sold out on and now it's like associated like i'm thinking of like stop me up two for 20 breadsticks and buffalo wings yeah, but didn't start me up was like they sold it to to uh, IBM or not? Oh, IBM. it was Microsoft. Yeah, 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 Microsoft. Um, and that was like <laughs> start me. And that was like their start me up was the best thing that happened last year. <laughs> start me up. Like, who was hurt? Some guard. Start some me up. Some guard like tore his arm. Like it like went three hundred and sixty <laughs> degrees. Right. Truly in agony. And then it was like a split screen of an Applebee's ad with Start Me Up. That's straight out of a movie, dude. Do you think at this point, like, they're like, hey, Mick Jagger, Applebee's is going to give you $5 million to play Start Me Up. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Sure. <laughs> so I'll be dead soon. 
Well, so, okay, what's the worst one after Start Me Up uh, selling out to Microsoft? Because in my generation, I think a lot of people probably like associate Start Me Up with computers. Um, That's a good question. I don't really know. Well, no, it has to be you two doing the free album for Apple, right? Mm. And then Apple didn't build a way for you to take it off your phone because they didn't think anyone would want to delete it. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get rid of it for so long. I like Final Countdown from Arrested Development's pretty good. That, that like... Help them though. I think that's like it. Made, it put them more back in, like on the scene. Yeah, and yeah, it was like fair. a good thing to be associated with. That's good. <laughs> anyway, we'll think about it. We'll think about it and get back to you. E- yeah, emails yeah, yeah. that at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail dot com too. DK, what do you want the parameters? This is to be? the what song are, people be basically like the songs that are ruined by pop culture. Yeah, like like bands. This like the fact that they sold out to this particular thing oh. ruined the band for me. Kind of deal. You know what I mean? Uh. That's a great one. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Email us. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Craig. Congrats. I'll see you and... on Friday. So we're not invited to the rehearsal <laughs> uh, No, yeah. Oh, it's welcome drinks. Welcome drinks. Like, it's after the rehearsal dinner. That's for everybody. Okay. But oh, I don't need you rehearsing who's walking down the aisle. You're going to be sitting back of the Hi, back of dude. the Dude, Craig, you better get ready. Hyphus is going to try to insert himself into this wedding in some way. I know. I know. Like, just be ready for this. I already am. I'm he's just, gonna like I'm, show I'm up in a like tux. reserve quarterback. And be you like, know? I thought we were all doing tuxes, and I'm like, no, man, just, <laughs> just kind of the main crew. It's like, like, why ah. are you up here on stage, man? <laughs> like, he's like, I, he's oh, like, also, I, I wrote a backup here. sermon well, if your brother kind of like gets cold feet or something, just in case. <laughs> While we're here, I know that like California and the East Coast wedding dress codes are a little different. So like, I'm just gonna wear a suit, like like a regular. Navy suit. suit and tie. That's all you need. That's okay. I texted Craig if I was allowed to wear a black suit. Was that still of course. allowed? Okay, cool. Yes. I mean, it's it still, won't I, be I, a tuxedo would, that that matches no, the wedding party. I, we're not doing black tie. Not no one has. I, here's to wear my question: tuxes. What's the? Maybe this is embarrassing, but like, can you? This is actually one of those things that would give a girl the ick. But I'm like, is a black suit actually that different from a tux? If you wear a tie with the tux. Or is it because the tux is like shiny and has yeah the, the tux just has like f- more f- like flares like the lapels are a little different yeah like the shiny strip down the pant the shiny shoes but no it's not that different I also don't really understand the the, the levels of formality in terms of dress code like there's black tie which ironically means you have to wear a tux and not a tie right black tie means tuxedo <laughs> it's actually true it's no you, tie it, does, it means you don't wear a yeah. black tie it means you wear a black bow tie um, and then the level below that's like formal. And then semi-formal. But formal also means black tie. Formal and means semi-formal means black wear a suit. Tie. Yes. Formal, semi-formal is like, you can wear a suit, you don't have to wear a tie. And then cocktail attire is like dress shirt. Is that right? But the problem is the rehearsal dinners, the welcome drinks, now everyone's making up. that People don't want to be like semi-formal. So everyone's like, I'm going to throw my friends under the bus. Coastal yeah. casual beach chic and I'm like I don't know what that means like someone who actually knows the rules is like listening right now and screaming through the I don't know if, are there real rules to me it's like the generational gap it's like we kind of just decided yeah. this like there's no actual official body of people that decide these rules right. um, well we don't like, wear for, suits hardly at all anymore my rehearsal dinner I'm wearing a suit no tie and I and I, I we I think we said cocktail attire for the for the wedding for the welcome drinks so like, you don't have to wear a suit you could just wear like a dress shirt what are you and the groomsmen doing the morning of your wedding? Which I think one of the craziest parts of the patriarchy is how 
like like men literally have to figure out how do I kill six hours while women get up at seven in the morning yeah, but, just to make a five o'clock wedding. Yeah, but you make it sound like the patriarchy decided that. Like that's I mean, it's more of a happy coincidence. Like the the women are deciding to get ready for as long as they want to. Right? Craig, now is a good time to defend the patriarchy. No. <laughs> well, I just like the, the patriarchy is not why women spend five hours doing their hair. Like they don't have to do that. <laughs> kind of. Um, we're going to the pool at the hotel. We're just gonna hang at the pool. Okay, so, so we go. That's definitely the patriarchy right there at work. Anyway. Alright, we'll talk at Sunburn. That'd be fine. Cool. Alright, I'll see you guys in a week.